0: The Personal legends Paul Merson, John O'Shea and Wes Brown are coming to Dublin It's an exclusive off-air event So if you want to be there, get on to offtheball.com forward slash events Just Eat, the official food delivery partner of the UEFA Champions League
1: OTB GAA The football pod on Off The Ball
0: In partnership with AIB
1: Proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship Check out hashtag the toughest for more Hello there, and you're very welcome along to episode 15 of the Football Pod. It's a busy week ahead for the Football Pod, lads. We had a very busy weekend, too. It's safe to say that the Football Pod took over. We have Paddy Andrews making his GA Go debut, and James O'Donohue
2: appearing on the Saturday game. What,
1: Jimmy, what's the story? This never went through your agent.
2: Appearing on. That wasn't an appearance, that was a two second cameo. I met Marty in tone he was just he was just getting onto the horse and cart so he said James we do a quick bit for me there <laughs> it looked very
0: informal like you were just coming out of the shop or something or Marty cornage like,
2: I was what after, a, what I, a was after I was coming out of the pub I was, I was after four pints <laughs>
0: <laughs> you were throwing out of the pub and Marty was trying to get you back in <laughs> top class He's I a know, man.
2: great a I man. actually never knew how much of a celebrity Marty is oh yeah oh he's remote. big, the big women coming over selfies holding a microphone fellas coming over wanting a chat reckless oh he's, he's a pure prominent showbiz-ly. more popular yeah. he's show business yeah. he is show he even oh, said that a few times <laughs> show business showbiz-
0: I wouldn't business, be baby. surprised <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised he was doing <laughs>
1: Oh, he's a gas man. We need to get him at the, the, the roadshow, lads.
0: I said it like,
1: get the walk Marty involved. True, yeah. The walk and talk isn't easy, though, James. You know, you got to concentrate on where you're stepping. You got to look at the mic. You got to look at the camera. You know, you got to look at the man who's talking to you, too. It's it's hard going. How many takes. Well, I have
2: walked and talked at the same time before. I, it wasn't that tricky.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. Well, listen, it was just saying
2: <laughs> pressure was on the
1: first night of Saturday game. Patty, GA, go yourself and Mark and che- O'Shea. We were at uh, Gronje in Insult Hill covering the Calvin Mag game. That happens a lot in TV production and streaming production. Oh, I'm told. I'm not
0: as showbiz as Marty, so I didn't know where to be going. But uh, no, it was good. uh, Mark and Michael Murphy's involved as well. So looking forward to uh, to getting involved in that in the summer. Mark's a gas man, isn't he? Oh, yeah. He is a gas man. We might come back to Mark O'Shea in a couple of minutes. Good bit of crack. Good bit of crack was hard, I have to say. The game itself wasn't great, which was disappointing because... I expected a lot more from Cavan. I think a lot of people did. Um, they were poor and the game itself, to be fair to Armagh. Back-to-back wins in the Ulster Championship. They play down. You tipped it a long, 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 long time ago, Tommy. That uh, down Tom? would, would surprise Donegal and they did. So Armagh, they seem to have put that uh, sluggish league campaign behind them and they got Rhino-Neal back was mm-hmm. big we've seen Killian McDade coming back for Galway as well yesterday in the last couple of minutes so they're massive players for those teams so yeah, but as a good. spectacle he could come back great. in goals do you see his, Some say, his save, save wasn't it, was it? absolutely oh, unbelievable. unbelievable out of nowhere like he was
2: out of shot and, and it's really a remember. strong hand he gets to it as well because like, he, he puts it well out of danger wow. yeah. the hail. Like, he'll be back yeah. in McGuini's good books now again
0: <laughs>
1: they had a big hug after the game There, <laughs> the, uh, it was fair play to them put all differences aside <laughs> the, the football pod had you covered this weekend Paddy you're obviously covering Kavanagh James you were in Killarney for Kerry and we didn't talk much about it in the build up to it There's I'm not sure how much we'll talk about it this week but Kerry are going on to face Clare now in the Munster final on Sunday May the 7th I was in the gated grounds for Limerick Clare and I was in the Hyde for Galway. we'll come back to that in a few minutes I just want to put it on the record here. It may come out later in the week where this game is going to be played. I think it'd be a good thing for Kerry to play Clare in Ennis, packed out Ennis for a Munster final. I think Jimmy's not a, happy already. Look at him; he's disgusted with that. Don't do, don't, no, do I, I, dubs, I, don't do what the Dubs do and get their games in Crow Park all the time. Make it where were they playing yesterday. That's fine, but where organize it.
2: Yesterday? Sorry, where were they playing yesterday? No, was it Nolan Park?
1: No, Leash. Anyway,
0: move on. Anyway, you can organise
2: all the fixtures are organised. You can't just say, well, actually, Kerry are playing well and it's Clare, so we'll change the venue to put Clare at home. Why would anyone do that? It's a TBC. Yeah, but it's on on the Gate of Grounds. It's not
1: yet. It's not confirmed. It will be on the Getty Grounds. I don't know about that now. But would it not be... But in, like, there's arrangements be be between all the other
2: counties between home and away every second one. So if that if that was in place, you'd say, brilliant, and it would be just a great game with park, you? Come on, You the, can't just put someone at home for no
1: reason. It'll actually be to Kerry's benefit. Think of it. They're going to be going in now to face a third seed, which is going to be one of Mayo, Roscommon, Tyrone, or probably uh, Derry or an Armagh as a third seed. And they'll be playing them at home. So they're going to be mm. going in undercooked. You can be sure as hell Claire will give them a better game than Tip. But like Claire and Ennis is a different prospect than Claire
2: and to get a grants. It is. It is. And Claire in Ennis, that is a tough game for anyone. Mm. You know, the crowd are on top of the field. It's a beautiful surface. One of the nicest fields in the country, actually. You love it though. Um, yeah. And it would be it would be a, a great game, but it's hard to just change your own fixtures just for this, to say, it oh, we'll make it a little bit it, more it, difficult for Kerry. That just p- a on the team. Amateur. That's on the absolutely.
0: theme of showbiz for this week's pod, if Todd Bowley <laughs> was making a call on this as yeah. a spectacle, the monster <laughs> final in Ennis would be way better.
2: And like I think Gaelic Claire, fans. Claire can get a couple of loan deals as well. They can yeah, take yeah. Um, one from each province.
0: That's this is this is what we're talking
2: about. This, this is, is dangerous this is entertainment. This is dangerous. Territory. But
0: now, in all seriousness, like the. It looked classy. You were there yesterday. Hyde Park looked absolutely rammed for that oh, game yesterday. 15. Savage atmosphere. Yeah. Um Clare and Kerry in the Gaelic grounds is doesn't really rock your boat. Whereas in Ennis, they're packed out. I, I agree, it'll be better. I think Kerry's going to win no matter where this game is played. But uh, I just think it's a spectacle with my Todd Bowley hat on.
1: I think it would be better, yeah? I don't yeah. think it's going to happen, though. I do think it's going to be a limit. I think it was seventeen, James, that the Claire gave you a bit of a rattle for a bit of the game in Munster. Yeah, Donegal. Um, the NS. ref
2: was very giddy with the cards, and Dunic had got a second. Was golf yellow, again, was it a it was second? Got <laughs> kind of shaft just. You got second in the first half, so we were against and we were down at halftime. Yeah, we were very, very difficult, difficult game. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's it's not easy to come out of there, but I agree it would be a better spectacle, better game, better venue in Ennis. Okay. It would be better for everyone, but. Have it organised beforehand. Don't just willy nilly pick it. It's to, there. TBC. Some of these venues are TBCs anyway.
1: Like, but just. But you like, can't TBC a home venue. Look, you know Jack O'Connor better than any of us. What's Jack O'Connor going to want? Is he going to want Kerry to be in the Gator Grounds, or is he going to want to go into the Cauldron
2: and Ennis? He's going to want Kerry to win. Yeah, he won't give. He he's, won't not, give he's not. He's not going to
1: give in to Ennis. Jack doesn't care. Yeah, Jack doesn't care. Anyway, we might come back to Clare Limerick a little later. That that was a very 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 cagey game. Very cagey game. It was a penalty shootout last year that decided it. But in the last 15 minutes, quality just exploded. And this has kind of been a pattern that's followed games over the last while. We saw it in the Roscommon galway game, Paddy, at the weekend. Very slow first half in ways. There was only 29 phases to play. I think there was nearly 50 in the second half. Teams are holding on to the ball. They're trying to slow it down. And Galway completely controlled that first half against Roscommon. It probably should have been further ahead.
0: Yeah, um, it is a team because that's just the way a lot of teams are setting up and they're they're dropping bodies back and we've seen this in a couple of games over the weekend the kavanagh Armagh game uh, up in Nury yesterday with um Donegal against Down and Galway I loved what Galway did yesterday I loved it they kept the ball they get, two sc- they get a score Carl Sweeney gets a, a fist a point after 20 minutes mm. uh, and they were the only team to do this effectively over the weekend where they keep the ball for over two minutes, Damian Comer gets one as well later on in the half. They keep the ball for two or three minutes at a time and they work a the shot. And it's horrible to watch. If you're <laughs> with my Todd Bowley hat on again, it's not a great spectacle when a team does that. It's definitely not great for the opposition because they can't, they're playing on, on the opponent's terms. And this is what Roscommon did so effectively against Mayo. But Galway brought, they brought that yesterday. But Galway had the finished product that they'd work a really good shot. We've seen Cavanagh have an absolute howler playing against Armagh's set defence and Calvin kicked 16 wides did you and see they're the shooting graphic? from all over the shot. Yeah, you saw the ground. Yeah, horrendous. And you could see it at the time, it was just bad, bad execution because they were afraid. It was like the Cavan lads had the ball for 60 seconds. Like, that's too long. We have to get a shot. And we've seen it big time with Donegal yesterday as well in Port Gessler against, against Down. Oh, so many four shots. Kieran Thompson, uh, Michael Langham before he goes off injured. And it's... It's all right to keep the ball for a couple of minutes. Mm. You have to keep the ball in order to break. really, really patient to break teams down. Mayo couldn't do it and didn't do it in Castlebar against Ross Common the week before. But Galway yesterday, it just shows a team who are really well coached, but they're all on the same wavelength. There's one time in the first half, I think it was Peter Cook as a Hail Mary and Paul Conroy absolutely eats him out of it. And I was like... That is a team who knows exactly what they need to do. So it's it's not great to
1: watch. I agree, T. But um, but can I just make but it point? was very good from Galway in controlling the game. I watched Limerick and Clare do that for a lot of that game. It was it wasn't good to watch. Roscommon wasn't weren't as good to watch at doing it until Roscommon unleashed in the second half. Galway were actually good to watch doing it. It was interesting to watch how yeah. fast Galway were moving it, and they keep finding John Daly and Sean Kelly at the top of that. Top of the kind of 45. Top of the day. Yeah, that will keep, be planned. And Shane Walsh. Yeah. Keep finding their boys like that. Now, Shane Walsh is quite a quiet game. Brian Stack did a really good job on Shane Walsh. Yeah, he was excellent. Like, what was really interesting for me in this game was the manner, the options now to go I have. Ian Burke maybe didn't stand out as much as Damian Comer, but the man got his paws on so much ball. And Comer, lads, was a man on fire yesterday. It was very, very, very interesting to watch.
2: But he, Ian Burke, Tom, Ian Burke is the most selfless inside forward I've ever seen play. Like all he wants to do <laughs> Your second, petty. All he wants to do is get it, slip it, move, create space for other people. I think he is such a clever player. Friend of the pod, of course. He did a gig for us up yeah. in Dublin last year. But he, I just think his movement, his handling, his his past selection is always excellent. I think the shot he took at the post yesterday when he, he missed it late on, his shooting probably is the one thing that stops him from being Probably top, top, top quality, but like his ulster. brain is up there. But, but it, 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 yeah.
0: that's so important, Jimmy, his style of play against defenses like that. You need nuance, yeah. you need creativity. And that was the, I mean, my we touching the, the, the Donegal performance yesterday, like, down was a really, really set defense, and Donegal just had no nuance. It was yeah. like around the arc, back and forth for 60 seconds. And then it was like a hot potato, then someone was taking a shot from 45 yards out. You need some someone to find the gaps, someone who's really sharp. And that's what that's what Ian Burke. He complements Comer and Walsh really, really well. And, and he fair, wants to complement touch and go between himself and Finnerty, isn't it? Like but yeah, in I a game mean, like that, he suits better than Finity.
1: It's probably going to be horses for courses for Joyce. And it, you can see the same yeah. with with yeah. even with the goalkeeper. Like, uh, Bernie Power went long with a lot of kickouts yesterday. Galway went long. It was very obvious. I'm not sure how well that went for them. Gleason, he was forced long though, Tommy. He, he definitely was. He, but Gleason, Gleason yeah. going short, he can go short off both feet. I think he's mm. a bit underrated in that regard of his, of his goalkeeping. So he probably has options there. Now he in must the have middle been injured, curve, was he? Was Gleason injured yesterday, Him? No, I don't think so. No, he was I'm talked sure. about he, A tactical change. That's surprising. Though. Yeah. And Burke yeah. was obviously a tactical change too. Finnerty came on and Walsh went to eleven. So I don't know whether we could possibly see it in some games this year. They do have oh, a load of Finnerty. options there. Yeah, there's, there is. Infinity
2: can pull the trigger late in games when they're, when they need a point or two. Like in the All-Ireland Final last year, they went a long patch there without scoring. Shane Walsh got tired, obviously after an unbelievable game. Comer was kind of out of it. And Finnerty came off and and Conroy came off. But if they have a kicker to come in late in games, I think like to get those one or two scores. But with Burke, what I always think when you're thinking about kicking the ball as a team, a harder skill than than kicking the ball is receiving the ball. Like there's more to it. There's your run. There's catching eyes with the the fella kicking it. There's where your man is, where the space is. Your handling. Like there's a lot to it. And Burke can just get free so easily. Just finds himself in space. His man is never up his arse either. It's always separation. He's brilliant at that and he always dishes it to, to Walsh and Comer. I think the boys would love playing with him. Definitely Walsh because if Walsh comes off the shoulder he'll get shots off.
0: He's very elusive like that's and that's if you if a team has 12 or 13 bodies back inside their 45 you need a player like that. I agree with Jimmy I think he's a perfect foil and he, Selfless is the perfect word for him Like I said The shooting I think that'll come I, I, I know that shot I'd say if he took that 90 more times He'd score it um, Yeah he's tired But if he brings that into his game And that, that look That's Galway What I've seen from him yesterday And even through the league He like, poured enough against Against Mayo Galway looked like they've Improved again on last season Yeah They, they are do. trending in the right direction Sean Kelly is some bit of stuff boys Isn't he like, like We didn't even see the best player.
1: leader yeah, didn't even think But Dr. Martial
0: shot the lights out for the Rossies against yeah. Mayo and, and Kelly just goes to town on him. He gets a brilliant block on Enda Smith. Enda Smith goes in full forward as a That's chance yeah. when the Rossies are going for a goal late on. It's Sean Kelly getting a block. But Dylan McHugh, Carl Sweeney, like they've lost obviously Malloy from, from Nasser and Silk. But those players that were there, they seem to move to another level again. Mm-hmm. And they've got a bit more depth as well. But they'd be worried about that third quarter. Definitely, because they they lost control of that, and the Rossi's got hot. But I thought overall they controlled that game really, really well, and they just seem like they're building experience to win these type of games and a little bit of depth, lads. They are going to be not that we didn't know already, but they are going to be right in the mix come yeah. what, business end of the championship. The, the the one thing is-
2: that, Go on, James. Def- defensively for Galway, I think they were kind of holding their their five and seven wing backs kind of central. So they were stopping any, any kind of wave of attacks and, and ball being kicked in. But they left Kieran Marta free. And yeah, he had a good day. Like we were saying about half forward lines and getting shots off. You'd expect maybe two or three. I think he got one six. He did, yeah. From Could 10. Been, one three
0: from play, yeah. And a couple of ones I mean, as well.
2: Yeah, like the, that's the one thing maybe that I'd be a bit concerned about for goal or maybe something to work on. That if a half forward like that is that creative, someone's going to have to push out and be a midfielder. Maybe McDade might be a great option to do that for midfield, but someone had to get tight in him and they never did. The other thing... But, but you know what, Jimmy... But
0: if you look before the game, right, you'd have said, Ender Smith and Dermot stand standout players, and Galway completely nullify them. Ender Smith comes into yeah. a little bit in the second half, but what John Marr, who I think has been a big find for them. He's yes. not the most... Um, <laughs> He's not the silkiest player, but he's very effective. He even gets two points yesterday, but they take Ender Smith out of the game completely. And Dermot Murtaugh like, Sean Kelly, go and, go and take him out. So, so they have the ability to go and do that. In-game, yeah, I agree, because like the Rossies what was a 1-3 without reply. They get, get their noses in front in that third quarter. It's more in-game. They need to stamp that out. Because again, if you do that against the carrier or Dublin, the game could be gone from you. Mm-hmm. And, and to be fair, they get a bit lucky with they shot back off the post and Comer's goal and then they, they kind of controlled the game the whole way home but I think they have the tools to shut players out as well but definitely the, it's it's a good place for Joyce to be in I think that they've won that game and they've loads to work on they'll focus all over that third quarter and I think their own kick out you were saying they're going long tea. I think Roscommon were really well set to force them long and they would loads of bodies around the middle so yeah, yeah. They,
2: they went I, long. Think, I think that the, sorry, Tom, just one more thing. Do you know they have as you said the way Conroy balled um Peter Cook? Peter Cook out of it. Yeah. I think the Shane Walsh is, is operating on a level that he, he's not being balled out of it in a way. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he did that cross-field yeah. pass in the yeah. second half. He's done that before and <laughs> <loves that>. said. <laughs> like that that's a risky move. If you add that to a couple of things he's done, I think. You know, someone like Conroy needs to get a hold of him and say, you're so important to us here. You know, cut those little things out and we'll take us on to new level. I'm like that Jimmy for years, hasn't he? Can like, I? Can I make a point just- on that though?
1: Because like Walsh is clearly, maybe he's frustrated. He took a couple of pot shots. That crossfield ball is crazy. But he does lay on a brilliant, a brilliant hand pass at one stage where he drags two men towards him and fits into the space. And it's a key score for Galway. If you look at the Clare game, Keelan Sexton kicks a couple of points again that he had no right to kick way outside the scoring zone, but he was on it and he did it. Sometimes don't a team need a player that can just do that? Do you not just have to live with that sometimes if there's a fella like a Shane Walsh? That's what I mean. We King had it with Connolly.
0: Like we, we had it with Connolly you're trying to talk to him and it's like he's doing his own thing and that's you have to take that as a team that the pros outweigh the cons. But Shane Walsh is not, he's not 20 like, you know what I mean? He's been around a long time. I remember, was it three years ago when they were relegated against Monaghan and Clowness? We had this conversation around Shane Walsh kind of just switching off. It's like it's nearly, it comes too easy to him at times. Um, and if he hasn't changed that aspect of the game now, I think it's very difficult that he would. But I, 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 look, I think he had a great battle with Brian Stack yesterday. And Stack did a brilliant job again. He's having a really, really good season. But I, do, I think Walsh, like he a load of possessions. He, when Galway are coming out in their face, they're coming around the arc, having himself and Kelly and Conroy your best players on the ball. That's set. There's a reason there at the top that is not happening just by chance. Um, and the couple of shots he misses yesterday, they're the ones he nailed in the all of finalists. He has that in the locker. Like when Peter Cook has his Hail Mary, you're thinking, I can see why he's been questioned over that, but Walsh has the capabilities and there's days where he's going to he'll have those shots like an Allard and finally he's going to nail every one of them so I think you're going to get that little bit of inconsistency in his game and that's where it's so important to have Comer and Conroy they're really really solid players who are exceptional players in their own right but Walsh is
1: mercurial as we would say it is. and you have to take that James would I you not have been given God. a bit more would you
2: not have been given a bit more leeway to take no, shots and take efforts definitely on definitely not with, with, no? with your, your players not hope less because they probably know that you could you could do anything in in your head you're thinking this fella could could swing it over his shoulder ridiculous shot you know, as fellow players you almost have to lean on as you said the mercurial players a bit more I think because if you leave them completely to their own devices their decision making can be a little bit off in the hot moments that's why just be concerned of a little bit. The fella with the cool heads need to call the shots as much as possible, especially late in games. Okay. And you have to be able to give anybody it between the eyes and tell them exactly how it is. Like kick and freeze, maybe with your strong leg all the time, is non-negotiable from now on. Or cross field balls late in games are non-negotiable now. Like You have to be able to say to these fellas, no matter how good they are, they might have all the skills in the world, but their decision-making late in games might be the thing uh, But that's,
0: I'd up. say that I have no doubt they are, those conversations are happening and have happened with him in the past it's the mercurial lads it's whether it sinks in or not <laughs> that's the that's the challenge I have no doubt Paul Joyce would have had these conversations with Shane Walsh and I'm pretty sure Paul Connery would have given them like those cross yes. field passes my god if that was in just an example back on our team there would be War in the dressing room over that it would be because it can it can cost you and they kind of gotten away with it but Galway Galway are absolute bullseye on winning the All Ireland this year and if they were to lose against the Dublin or a Kerry or someone in, in Crow Park later in the year for just being sloppy they would not forgive themselves they wouldn't forgive it's all right if you're you're beaten by a better team or you just run out of puff whatever it might be last year's All Ireland final Kerry just have that bit more experience Galway have ticked a lot of those boxes over the last two years. And for them to lose it by just being sloppy,
1: that would be, or would be blood in the streets yeah. <laughs> away, if that was the case. You definitely got the sense afterwards. Joyce uh, took his time to chat after the game. I'd say it was 45 minutes. Uh, he had a shower. I think he cooled down a bit. He spoke to the lads in the dressing room and then he came out to talk to the press. I don't know if this is a new thing or certain managers do that to kind of cool down a bit beforehand. But like Joyce, he got the sense. Uh, wasn't taking that for granted. He wasn't too happy that Conor Carroll, you could see him in the first half, was getting all of his short kickouts away down the middle. So that was something that didn't really work for them. You mentioned their long kickouts. That was good really from the Rossies, though. Very good from the Rossies. I thought
0: the Rossies on both kickouts were very, very good. How they were shutting down Galway. Galway went into a spine in the middle of the pitch and the Rossies kind of had an arc around them, knowing it was just homework, it was preparation. And on their own kickout as well, Galway were trying to play Zonal on it. And mm-hmm. the Rossies were flooding back and getting guys in between the gaps. It was really smart play by them. And to be fair to Conor Carroll, I think he did another excellent game he did. Uh, on, on his kick But golly, the,
1: that, honest that honest was comment. an area that they'll definitely look at. Just something his Uh Ender Smith had a tough day for a good bit of that game until he pushed forward, further inside. Maher wasn't comfortable following him in around the half-forward line or the full-back line. Why didn't Roscommon push Ender Smith in and change that a lot earlier? I'm trying to get them into the game, team. when
0: they did Galway adapted. That was a plus for them, like putting the likes of Sean Kelly in. And it was just it, it's ex- nearly exact opposite of what they did to Mayo and Casabar two weeks before. Mm. Galway were so well prepped for that game. It was like, we're not playing it on Ross Commons' terms, we know what they're going to try and do. But we're actually going to control this game, we're going to keep the ball. And like Mayo kind of played in the Ross Commons' hands, they were so frantic and it allowed Ross Common to get on the ball. And that allowed Enda Smith to be in the game. We touched on it. If a game is going away from you, your work rate can nearly keep you in it. But it's even hard for that to work if the the opponent is keeping the ball for 75% of the play. And I say it's not great to watch. as a spectacle. But in terms of tactics, you need players who are comfortable on the ball to execute it. But you need total clarity of the 15 players on the pitch. They know exactly what their role is. And you could see that with Galway. And that's the contrast to some of the other teams when yeah. they're playing against this type of defense. They're not all on the same page. And that's where you start getting bad execution, bad decisions, and it allows the other team into it. Was Galway, it was such a mature performance from them. They knew the threat of Ender Smith that no matter where he played on the pitch, his possession count was just going to be so, so low because Galway were keeping
1: the ball. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Okay. Okay. So Galway now, go on to play Sligo in the Connacht final on Sunday, May 7th. So Sligo bet New York 216 to six points. New York go on to the preliminary round of the Tajin Cup. So we won't see New York for a couple of weeks. We mentioned Kerry beating Tipperary by 20 points, 25 to five. Spreading that game was 18 points. So kind of went as expected. You did say that would be the most interesting game of the weekend, Jimmy, last week. (laughs) Closely followed
0: by
2: the Dubs. Was there anything anything interesting? Was there anything interesting in Killerny? Um, the programs <laughs> were four euro I thought that was expensive um, that
0: was, that, it. was the,
2: <laughs> that was the main talking <laughs> point that was the main talking point uh, at halftime and post game was the, the price of the program no it was <laughs> it was uh, it was a tough game to watch you now I must say uh, nothing really to be taken from a, um, from Kerry although they got Stephen O'Brien in off the bench they got uh Brian Begley and off the bench and they got time into Rory Murphy. So they kind of got some some time into those fellas, but Tip knew they were they were in for hiding. They were I mean they brought the keeper up. It was it was 4-1 after about 15 minutes and they brought the keeper up to halfway to take a shot at the posts just to waste 30 seconds. <laughs> he, dropped, he dropped a 25 meter short.
0: That is spectacular Shea <laughs> I respect that I have to say
2: and Checking oh, the it, was, it was tough it was tough watching but no it's look it, it was always kind of going to go that way really wasn't it so yeah. not really to be said about it
1: what did the tip do with David Clifford he only scored two frees Shane O'Connell marked him did they have two or three
2: men on him the whole time 10 of them on him um, I suppose they had bodies back all right Kerry kind of had to work their scores but the scores were were not hard to to manufacture from outside so I think that once they knew where they were clipping scores from they weren't yeah. kind of pushing the ball into Clifford too heavily. And he had he had a couple of shots just tailed off. All right, his kicking was a bit off, but mm. they we're getting the scores easy elsewhere.
1: Okay. We might be talking to David Clifford at some stage, so we'll see about that. Uh, Kerry go on to play Clare in the Munster final. Um, yeah. We mentioned, uh, hopefully, we mentioned uh, Clare's three-point win against Limerick. That game uh, looked like at one stage that Limerick were going to run away with it. Um, not run away, with it looked like they were going to edge it. And Claire kind of took over in the last 10 minutes. A couple of big moments, big block, a couple of big points going down the stretch. So Claire into their first final since 2012. And they'll be taking on Kerry. So that, the Munster and Connacht finals on the same day. Sunday, May the 7th. Armagh on Saturday, Beck Cavan. Paddy, we might talk about that after the break. 114 to 12 points. They go on to play down in the Ulster semi-final this weekend coming. So Armagh down is going to be this Sunday. And Monaghan Derry is on Saturday. So down by Donegal on Sunday by 2.13 to 1.11. We'll be talking about that in a couple of moments. We've been speaking about Roscommon's four-point defeat to Galway. And in Leinster, a couple of big results. We mentioned Loud Westmead Ooh. might be one of the games of the weekend. Loud were eight points down at half time. couldn't he believe heard, it. Mickey Hart said they were just I playing for Pride it. in a second. Westmead were full value for it. Westmead should have been further ahead. Yeah, I couldn't believe loud. that turnaround it was nearly like what Westmead did to Mead a couple of years ago in Crow Park Mead were nine yeah. points up in the Leicester semi-final and Westmead came back and bet them in a dramatic game but just that loud team are just getting better and better and they are full value um, but, how, their- Les,
0: but what's tip about Westmead like like the kind of alarm bells were ringing that they didn't get out of Division 3 and we've seen Fermanagh against Derry the week before like Westmead are a better team than Fermanagh but they lost a couple of these games that you're thinking how have they managed to lose that Without a doubt, the Division 3 winning that and getting promoted to Division 2 was on their radar. So, okay, that didn't go well and you're expecting them right, to regroup and be ready for the championship. And it looked like that. To be eight points up against a very defensive, loud setup. The challenge Mickey Hart's team presents, mm-hmm. Westmead, we're very comfortable with that. We know they've got quality players and just expected to, to cut, them cut them up all the games. games. Yeah, but to, to lose that, that's that's underperformed from Westmead. There's no other way to describe it that their season bad league and now to lose that that, uh, Leinster Championship game yesterday that is a big surprise with their team we we rated highly after their year last year winning the Talta Cup but Mm -hmm. that is a massive disappointment for them
2: Do you know what it was a bit similar to even from the Galway-Roscommon game they were well up at half time and Roscommon came back into it second half just like Lode came back into it but Galway had the tools to take the sting out of the game and to to work a score like you said Paddy kind of play cute do the right thing it was like Westmead didn't have the have the tools in the locker to be able to just yeah. kill that game as as Lode were getting chance after chance after chance you know, just to mm. take the sting out of it because it, from looking at the at the game Load looked very well conditioned Like they looked, yeah. they looked oh, they very strong they are fit are, yeah. and they have a clear game plan like they're not going to be easily beaten no. so still a great win for Lode though to be fair after being 8 though, yeah,
0: But doesn't it thought. touch lads we've seen it over every weekend of the championship. Sir, momentum you lose momentum you can't wrestle it back. If you don't have the experience or the, the wherewithal or the in-game management to try and just wrestle back control, it's gone. It can go away from you like that. Yeah. We, every every weekend, we've seen it with Tyrone the week before. Obviously, what Westmead, yesterday, Galway, like I said, they do, they have that experience, they can get it back. Cause the Rossies for 10 minutes are like this is phenomenal stuff, champagne football. <laughs> but for Westmead, clearly to to be in that position and so dominant, uh, and to go away and and losing the second half that's massive disappointment but fair play to, to loud, and they are going to fancy their chances of a Leinster final 100. because who are they playing T in
1: the semis uh, next week? Loud are playing Offaly. Offaly have Offaly. banished banished Mead to the Talchon Cup where they deserve to be uh Offaly <laughs> 111 Mead 10 points. Mead kicked just two points in the first half so what and if that, if what does Offaly
2: that if Offaly beat loud and Dublin beat Kildare which realistically will happen, then Kildare or Gonzo? So Kildare and Cork are the two
1: teams in bother if Offaly and yeah. Down both win and get to provincial finals. So yeah. at the moment...
2: um, But Kildare are first to go. Kildare, if Kildare lose to Dublin... Yeah. And Offaly beat Lode, then Kildare are gone. And if, or, don't, or if, down, if down, don't beat down beat Armagh... And yeah. Offaly beat Lode, Cork yes. is gone too.
0: I don't... Uh, it's uh, brilliant for Offaly, but I'd be surprised if they, if they get over Lode. um, But... Yeah. For 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 me, like say, two points. They scored ten points in total. We felt that this was a big banana skin, potentially. They just have not been playing well. All the pluses that they had at the start of the season, where they win those first couple of National League games, was attacking play, kicking the ball, goals, creating goal chances. We knew they were suspect so at the back. Their organization, you felt, was kind of questionable, and their goals were getting them out of jail. They have dried up well and truly. And we said it last week, Jimmy, you were pretty, pretty heavy on it. If they lost the game, that would be a, a complete disaster for them. And it is. It really, really is. that they, They've somehow managed to hang on in the Division 2 status, but that was mm. trending only one way. And that performance yesterday, they only scored 10 points. And we look, beaten by a far better team, and awfully that is <laughs> it's tough going for the Royals, Tommy. There's no other way to dress that up, I'm afraid there
2: really is they'll have to win the Taliton to, to sell her in they are
0: not going to win the Taliton like, Cup they're not well,
1: on record and say that now yeah. they have got yeah, no, no chance no chance and I would agree with you on that Paddy they aren't going to win the Telton Cup because no. I, I felt so sorry looking at Donald Kjogan and maybe you know Achillian O'Sullivan who have gone through their me careers and have given everything and they just keep getting days like this and that felt like in a deer uh yesterday. Four lads made their debuts. Three or four fellas probably have only played three times for me before. It like it just you talk about West Mead having the tools to be able to resist that loud mm-hmm. fight back in the second half. It felt like that Mead team just don't have the tools at the moment to hold off the external pressure and possibly adapt to whatever pressure's been put on them on the field. Because well, to be,
0: be fair, Tommy, in some some semblance of defence for, for Colin O'Rourke and the management team of me, this was, this is a long-term project. Mead we're starting from a very, very low base. The challenge is how quickly you can implement this change. And, and you, you don't you learn how to control games. You learn from experience. The, the, there's no shortcut to that. We've seen Galway, they were disappointed at losing last year's All-Ireland final couple of previous years where they weren't performing, but they're learning along that journey. You need some, you need to hit some sort of markers along the way to to keep the faith with, it, to keep going, right, I believe what our work is doing. Okay, that's a setback, but there's some positivity there somewhere. You look at what Connor Laverty's done in Down. That's the thing. Like that win yesterday, even if they don't, and even though they didn't get promoted, there was performances that the, the down players can look and say, okay, I believe in this guy. He's got credibility there. And their win yesterday against Donegal gives them that. Even if they don't go on and beat Armagh and they're they're in the Celtic Cup, there's still so much positive things to take to hang their hat on and say, "Okay, there's progress. Now we're ready to to give even more to Conor Laverty. Mead have not got that. They were never going to be Leinster champions. They were trying to get promoted to Division One was not really on their radar. But what their level of success was, was pretty low and they haven't achieved that. So it it leaves the atmosphere... They're easy to beat, They're easy to beat, to be to the beat first to thing play could. against. Yeah, um, I don't know, it's a big ass to try and turn that around. Like, where do they go from there? They, they would have expected to beat off, I think, the way the side of the draw, maybe getting to a Leinster final, I'm sure it would have been a target for them, but they have I, fallen way, way short of that.
1: Like, what when you say they would have expected to beat offly? I'm not sure. How much? he oh, wouldn't have county. been sure of it but I think they would have been in the in the but camp like, in they would the have camp,
0: been targeted to beat off Lee. and well, if they the weren't coming
1: well that's a problem in the first well, well that's the problem the word that the camp hasn't been happy over the last couple of weeks and they've been struggling with injuries to keep players the players <laughs> dropped they wouldn't want to be happy there's been like <laughs> Anthony Moyes spoke about it this morning uh, Owen Harkin started the game against Kildare the, a must win game final league game of the year he's dropped and two players who didn't play any minutes in the league are starting the first championship game three weeks later, so it's 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 just very messy at the minute in Mead, and I yeah. think the thing is, Tom, is we might leave it at like, that.
2: With those teams, <laughs> go on, Jimmy, go on. With those, <laughs> no, I'm either. not going to throw the boot in anymore. But with those One level more teams, time. with those level teams, three group games in the All Ireland series would bring you on so much in a development phase. Like the, you could hear Colin McAllister talk about it with Clare, that their development they needed to be playing top teams in that group rather than playing Telton and not improving. I actually don't think Mead
1: needed that this year. I think if Mead were in the All-Ireland series, they would be ripped asunder this year because but all learn, the evidence... But, uh, but no, all the evidence... Yeah. Because I'll put it to you this way. They're not good enough. Put it to you this way, right? And it's the last thing I'm saying about Mead. Between August... Or July 2019, when Mead were Meade in their Super 8s and their Division 1 campaign the following year, they played 10 Division 1 sides. They didn't win a single one of those games. But I would argue with anyone that they were competitive in nearly all of them. I think they lost some games by a point, four points, three points. They were competitive in those ten games. Those ten games against division one oppositions were more games against division one opposition than meade had played in the previous decade. Right? They could compete in those games. This mead team cannot compete against division one opposition. They are not able to. They're not ready for it. There's no format there. There's no structure to their setup. The players aren't good enough. So it's actually a good thing for the future of Mead football. That they're in the catching cup this year, this year, because it it was gonna be so bad if they got into the round robin. It was gonna be yeah, that No, you put a positive
0: spin on it, Tommy. Only yeah. you can put a positive spin on the royals getting knocked out by Offline and I
2: I agree with you. That wasn't and positive. That's not, been, it, that's it not what you so said that off offline there 20 minutes. Ago. <laughs> 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 I drank it, look
0: at it. <laughs>
1: look the chuck, look rattled. at the look at the Chuckle brothers having a laugh. Uh, <laughs> In the other quarterfinal, Wakelow had reduced the gap against Caldera to three points with 10 minutes to go. Caldera pulled away later on. Derek Irwin looked like he had a cracking game and Paddy Woodgate got his first goal for Caldera on his first championship start. So Caldera won that game by 10 points. They go on to face the dubs who racked up 4.30 against Leash. Leash kicked 2-9 in the end. 4.30. The scary thing about the dubs, I think the bench was Howard, Scully, Rock... Um, I have to get the other two, but it was a fairly awesome bench that came in. Jack McCaffrey started, Paul Mannion started, uh, Conor Callahan kicked 1 5. Kenny scored a goal. Colin Baskell ran the show, Patty, from 11. Did you watch this game or did you? Did you, No, God, no. You took the eyes off it. You had no interest. I'm, in much
0: I'm doing order. both the, the Lancet semi finals this weekend. Okay. So I've watched a lot of Dublin. And the same reaction to this, uh, from a wider angle, the this is the issue with the Provincial Championships. Mm. I think Munster and Leinster, there are going to be these type of games where they're a bit of a disaster and that's why the structure's changed. So, we've kept the Provincial Championships just for for the legacy of it, but the All-Ireland Series is is, is the ultimate. So, I think that's a good thing from GAA. And I've seen a lot of people giving out about the Provincial Championships. We've had some brilliant games. We have. What's happened in Connacht, the Ulster Championship as well, like you look at Westmead and Louth. Yes, there are brilliant games in it, but there are going to be these mis- mismatches, and that's why the system changed. So you kind of just have to grin and bear it, um, and that's you, you could see, despite Jimmy trying to big up uh, Tip and <laughs> Tip and Kerry <laughs> last week, we knew these games are going to be an absolute disaster from the spectacle point of view, and they were for Dublin specifically. The last couple of years, they haven't won Leinster Championship games like this. They've won the lancer Championship. they're kind of stuttering through yesterday, racking up that score like that, the bit of depth that you've you've outlined there in the squad. It's like a throwback to our team three or four years ago we were, we were putting up big scores it shows a team that's just a little bit slicker and there's confidence in them now we knew they'd get that uh, after the kind of second half demolition of Derry um, so a box ticked for Dublin they move on they play Caldera on Sunday in Crow Park um, the big thing for them is just to get through this window with no injuries to key players um, and be primed for the All-Ireland series in next month
1: yeah. but there's not so, a whole point else for them to take from that we're going to look See, at the two semi-finals uh, after the break
2: James Long, no, did you see Paul Gavin had a tweet up? He just put um, am just looking at it here, he said he watched two games the weekend: a Dublin club match and Dublin county match. But he he put up an AVB lineup from Dublin, and he reckons they're the they're the strongest squad in the country. But like they are, every name is familiar, and every name is is clearly quality. But it's mad like that. How how do they kind of stutter through the league when they have this quality? Like what, Paddy, do you have any idea what their training schedule was? Or like, it's just like, like Jimmy, you it, literally it's not... see 30 so familiar names. Like if you have to name yeah. any other county from from player 21 down, yeah, you would never have heard of them. You can, you'd, you'd know 40 fellas here. <laughs> no problem. Like. It's, it's just like, the
0: team's been on the road a long time and the National League, they were going to get promoted from Division 2 no matter what. Realistically, they didn't have to come in there all guns blazing from the get-go, like, say, Davy Burke with the Rossies in Division 1. So their their timing was building towards Championship. There's a lot of guys there with a lot of miles in the clock. That's why they're so familiar. So you're going to pick up knocks and niggles and things like that throughout the league. The key thing, and I said this, and no shit, shithousery here. I, I think if Dublin have their best 15 players on the pitch come Championship, I think they'll win the all Ireland. I said that from day one. The big challenge, and not just Dublin, I think for a lot of the top teams, if there's one or two key injuries, then it's it's wide open. But if they have their best 15 and there's no injuries to those guys, I think they're a the team to beat. That's And that's not, honest to God, my opinion on it, but we've seen it last year. They missed Conor Callahan against Kerry. What a massive difference that makes. Um, but yesterday was a positive thing, and that's what I mean. The next three or four weeks... No disrespect to Kildare or or Laois on the other side, the Leinster Championship is about getting through the next three or four weeks. No injuries, you can see the build, the fitness building, and the sharpness. I and mean, that's that was the key thing you took from yesterday. Not against great opposition, obviously, but the rack of four thirty, it shows their patterns, are play, their their skill execution is really good, and it's getting back to what it is. So, um, but but you're right, Jimmy. The only, yeah,
2: they're, they're timing it. The only the only. Area that they don't have household names <coughs> is the full back line. Yeah,
0: these are always after that full back line, Jimmy. been after that full back line for 15 years.
2: Like <laughs> no, they had Cooper, Philly, Fitzsimons when he was in his pump. But Philly's still out
0: else, for a text when he's tied up
2: with the BBC. <laughs> everywhere else they're loaded, but like you can't build the house and <laughs> a bad foundation.
0: So right. you've gone from sixty seconds ago saying they're unbeatable to now you're back. No, I here. didn't. I never
2: said that. Jack I actually, just I, you there. I know because I tweeted back to Paul. I was like, I was like, they're all unbelievably recognisable names, but I wonder, <laughs> in terms of the top top quality that G had, I don't think that they're there yet. He's always on about how they're building, building, Who building, building and a, yeah, and a massive panel, a massive squad. But it's like a
0: carry Forum you lads have on Twitter or something, is it? It's it's Mar- called- Mark O'Shea was saying at the weekend as well he was like on oh, the
2: dubs it's all on the dubs <laughs> first, Paul lives above he's above in Dublin, watching the games but mm. no it's just interesting because they have so many so many household names but you just wonder have they got to that top quality level Climb the there'll time be plen-
1: plenty of time to talk about that and I think we could do some comparisons on the Galway depth and the Kerry depth as well and uh, see who has the best A versus B teams we might do that during the week you are listening to episode 15 of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. We're actually going to have a bonus episode later this week. So I think what? we'll keep the identity of our guest, our special guest, a secret. And we'll uh, we'll let you know maybe on Wednesday. So keep an eye out in the Football Pod feed for that. Make sure you're subscribed. You probably are if you're listening, so just make sure you're subscribed. We're going to be back right after the break with a special announcement. A lot of news here in the Football Pod of our special guest in Killarney at our live show on Thursday, May the 4th. Oh. Stay tuned. We're back after this. You are very welcome back to episode 15 of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. Can I get a drum roll, please? We'll take the LEDs up and in the background. Hmm. Special guest in Killarney, former teammate of James, former both oh of Paddy Andrews, and also a colleague on the old Diego, Marco O'Shea is joining us oh. as our special guest at our live. i can do a gig and carry in Kerry without great one of the O'Shea's. Southern thing. Hotel. <laughs> and just to let you know, lads, there is very few tickets left. We're talking in the teens. That's how many tickets yeah. are left uh, this weekend. We're in the Great Southern Hotel. So if anyone is on the fence about going or you want to go just for Mark O'Shea, snap them up right now because they're going to be sold out and uh, that'll be it. We might run a competition for a pair of tickets on the Football Pod page as well. James, are you excited? I know Paddy was talking to Mark at the beginning. Are you excited to have Mark O'Shea at our role?
2: I am. I am. No, I'll Mark would be brilliant. He's lo—he's uh, just a personality, Mark. He just has loads of great stories now from <laughs> from all the different... He played in a couple of different Kerry teams as well. Do you know, he had, yeah, he had yeah. a full kind of array of, of the experience of the of the intercounty player from probably coming where the science part of it wasn't the main part to the very end where it was everything. Put it mildly. It'd be interesting to see what he thinks of that, but... Oh god, I, I said on the pod before going training when I was younger and marking Mark O'Shea was just oh, demoralizing. Right. Like you go into training you're not excited genuine, for it, no, you wouldn't excited. no. You were excited the first time. And after that, then it's downhill from there, really. Like the, he just he just knew where the ball was going all the time to stop you getting it. So in terms of defending, I reckon the most natural defender I've ever come across anyway. And did, top fella, funny man. I Can't wait to have him on the show. Did Marco Shea ever leave you on your arse with a solo dummy? Because I'd he have had to it. go for a block. I'd have had to go for a block
1: to be sold a <laughs> dummy.
2: He had it in the back pocket. I was the shepherding. I, he, yeah, I, no, wouldn't say, Jimmy, the
0: I wouldn't say Jimmy. I you were going for diving blocks now. To be fair,
2: about. <laughs> Paddy, did you ever no, mark? No, I was where... ushering down the wing. Did I? I don't think was you ever mark quite,
0: no. no, no. we used to take Bruno a lot when we played. Um, and he was kind of coming towards the end um, as I was coming more into, into the team as well I think his last year 13 and 14 he played and then was he was gone by 15 was he? or was oh, he, he still 15. there no, no, he, he played
2: 15 yeah. he, he, he heard his hamstring actually the, a fortnight before the final against Dublin I think he got a black card in the semi-final against Tyrone yeah. Um, yeah. and a black card at that time was you are gone just for the game yeah, yeah. I think it was, you, you were substituted off. So you got a black yeah. card in the stem. I think he pulled his hammer then just before the final.
0: It's, it's funny you say that like, before our team had won back to back, the only team to do with that century was, was that Kerry team in 06, 07. I think he was player of the year in 07 as well. As, as a mm. cornerback, like the trio shades were absolutely incredible, but as a, f- just pure skill levels for a quarterback, he was absolutely off the charts. Like, a well, Rolls Royce, player, like, mm. um, like I said, yeah, you, you can't get down to carry with at least one of your shays sticking their oar in <laughs> for, for a gig, but it, it'd be very, very good crack. Um, great to listen to the stories, like as Jimmy said, kind of coming from different generations of GAA. Um, but himself as a player in his own right, off the charts, good. And uh, we had a bit of a laugh now on Saturday covering the games. Uh, he'd be box office, yeah, the ideal. Guest for the football pod, you'll have yes. to crack a love the story. Exactly. And I think the crowd will love it as well. So,
1: looking forward to it. We're really looking forward to having him there. And you'll have a great night with us, whoever's going. We had Michael Meehan at our show last year in Dublin, and we had Keith Higgins in Casabar. And we had loads of great stories and crack with the lads. So, it'll be similar again this Thursday week. So, keep an eye as well out on Wednesday or Thursday. I mentioned we'll have a special episode with a Big guest this week, so keep an eye out for that. Let's You're look at guest. this weekend's Jeez. semi-finals. Yeah, that's nothing to do with the roadshow, but it, it's a, it's going to be an interesting interview. This weekend's semi-finals, there's a quick turnaround for Armand down. So we might start with that. We're going to have our Leinster semi-finals and our Ulster semi-finals. We already have our Munster final pairing and our Connacht final pairing. So um, Saturday, uh, 5 o'clock, Healy Park, Derry take on Monaghan. And Sunday, 4pm, Armagh take on Down. A point about Downs win against Donegal. Conor Laverty took over this year. He's got them playing a style of football. When Down went out with a whimper in the Talchon Cup last year to Cavan, one Kilku player started that game. Niall Kane and Goals. Throughout the league, a couple of them were sprinkled back in to the down setup. At the weekend, six Kilku players started for Down and two came out, two were on the bench. So, Laverty has put a stamp on it. It's not all Kilku. He's, he's obviously unleashed a couple of others. He also held back Oren Murdoch one of their most impressive players in the league to play under-20s championship this week. They're in the Ulster final against Derry. So he more than likely won't be playing at the weekend either. We talked about Armagh a little earlier, uh, Paddy. Would you be worried for Armagh facing a downside that seems to be finely tuned under Laverty at the minute?
0: Um, I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, Like I say, I think Armagh have got a little bit of a bounce from their their disappointing end to the spring and we've got their key players back, reno O'Neill, obviously, it was a question, was he going to be back in two weeks? Or was he going to be back in two months for him to get games? coming at the weekend was positive. Um, I'm intrigued by this game. Down are not going to fear them at all. Um, if you look at Armagh, their performance, the positive things fr- from their win in Cavan on Saturday night, the shape they had up front, they're back to playing a little bit more recognisable what we've seen from them last year in terms of moving the ball really quick and kick-passing the ball. The fast transitions are back. And I thought they were at their poorest during the league, where it was really, really ponderous. But Connor Turbot and Mernon inside, you're crying out for someone to compliment Rean O'Neill with scores. And because he's been injured, McGinley's hand has nearly been forced to play these guys. But Thurbert has hit, I think, eight points against that. Antrim, seven points the other night. There's just yes, an outlet there. They trust him. They trust him. And they're kicking the ball and their transitions are hurting teams. And it's back to Armagh being really, really good. And like you say, to get Reno neal for 20 minutes, he didn't have much of an impact in an attacking sense. Obviously, his incredible goal save um, was his main highlight, but he'll be a lot better. He played in the, um, inside. for, the, for this He weekend. played inside a lot. But well, he started him full forward with Turbot alongside him. I think he'll drift. and be the Michael Murphy stuff. He'll be inside and he'll be outside at different times. Particularly, you look at the style. Down are going to play, I and mean, we'll touch on down now in a second. But I think Armah. I think Armah will be favourites for this game on the basis that O'Neill is back and they're getting back to playing that kind of exciting brand of football. So there was loads of positives for them from from Saturday night. Cavan just weren't at the races. Uh, for down, like it's not just the kill kill thing Laverty has a really really set way of playing they conceded all the kickouts against Donegal yesterday Get got off to a bad start Jason McGee gets a goal mm-hmm. the two or three minutes in and you're thinking they're a relatively inexperienced team how is that going to impact down but to be fair there is no budging from their game plan they'll give you the kickout it's really attritional they get everybody back they'll try and frustrate the opponents and Donegal did not deal with that well yesterday they were inexperienced themselves But that style of play is hard to play against for our maths. So they're going to face that challenge. And down, the one thing they have, we're talking about Mickey Hart and Loud, they are fit. They are well-conditioned. They get bodies back down the pitch, and then they fly up the pitch as well. They have a little bit of magic. Brian Johnston, Liam Kerr's goal yesterday as well. Blessing pace. Just savage pace. And that is so valuable in the modern game. So they will ask questions. They'll ask questions about our MAD team, but their style of play, it was really effective yesterday. We're basically saying to Donegal have the ball. We will let you have it because we don't trust you're going to be able to break us down, particularly without Ryan McHugh or, or McBrearty with long range shooting. I think that game plan has limitations. We've covered that numerous times in the past, but in terms of progress for Laverty, talk about a team that's bought into a style of play. They're conditioned. They're so well-organized. And they'll they fancy their chances against their but I think they'll fall short on this game, but you can't say there hasn't been savage progress. From where Look, what a basket case last year. The mm-hmm. running joke we had on the podcast of how bad they were last year. So yeah. savage strides made from Connor Laverty. And yesterday was like vindication
1: of what he's done over the
0: last couple of months.
1: Yeah, and they're doing this without Kayla yeah. Mooney and a few other key players. So go
2: on, Jess. I, I think that Laverty as well, he, he's like a kind of a new style coach. I think he'll, he'll approach that game to break Armagh offensively and defensively. And if you look at the way he sets up teams, he won't let Armagh kick the ball. I think that's going to be his main thing. They'll have
0: the bodies back, yeah. Yeah,
2: like we know that Armagh want to kick it and are brilliant to watch when they kick it and they have hands and kickers and it's it's beautiful football. And that's exactly what Laverty will love to break down. Mm. He's going to have them primed to be picking off those balls and counterattacking them. So it's going to be a very interesting game that way. I agree. I think that Armagh are well in. They're improving. They've found a bit of confidence. Once one or two forwards catch fire as well, it transforms a team. Yeah, so I, I, I'm i enjoying seeing Armagh, but it's going to be a very interesting game. I think that Laverty will just thrive on kind of picking apart Armagh. I just think he's that kind of manager, which is going to be so interesting I, to watch. I wonder how much time he's going to have because he's obviously
1: double-jobbing this year. He's uh, manager of the Derry in our 20s as well. And they play Derry... On Wednesday night in the Ultra Under 20 final. But you know so what? what, what i turnaround. It's very, very From tight.
0: both teams, T, Armand down, they are really, really well conditioned. Mm-hmm. They, can, they can get up and down the pitch at pace. I agree with, with James in terms of Armand will want to try and hit Turbo and Murnum. That's an X factor and have Tavrino have Neil coming off them as well. That's a real positive for Armand. But down their setup yesterday, they get. Get everyone back. Like, I'm not a big fan of conceding kickouts, but to be fair to them, they, they didn't deviate from that at all. Even when, particularly that first quarter, Donegal looked like they, they had control of the game. They backed themselves and down the stretch, they just blew Donegal away. So, their Did fitness Donegal isn't didn't play that bad. Donegal put up a show well, like I, I, I thought up front, T, they, uh,
1: they had a lot of work. It was
0: an interesting thing. I was watching, obviously, on BBC and, and it was, there wasn't a player in the Donegal panel yesterday over 30 years of age. So they're a really, really young team. They lose Michael Lang in injury to a hamstring injury, but that's he kind of carrying back going in. But without Murphy, obviously, but Paddy McBrearty, Ryan McHugh, they're, they're Donegal's three best players in the last de- decade are gone. There's all the upheaval off the pitch. So that inexperience probably because Donegal and they start forcing these shots. And that's what I mean. It was, it was brave from Laverty and down. They're kind of saying, we actually don't think you're good enough to break us down. So we let you have the ball out there. Yeah, And Donegal... Very similar to what Kavan did the night before. They just start launching long-range shots and it wasn't working for them. But I think for, for Donegal, because it's probably the last word we really have on them for a while, they are they are not at the top table anymore. I think that's clear after a kind of decade of competing for, for Ulster Championships in all Ireland. It's gonna be a couple of years before we see Donegal back competing in division one, competing to win Ulster Championships. There's just there's a massive turnover in their squad. And I suppose the challenge for them is, do they stick with it? Is Aidan O'Rourke and Paddy Bradley, are they the men to bring it forward for the next two or three years? Because it is going to be a transitional phase. They're not going to be competing for Ulster titles. I think that was clear from yesterday. You could see that. Whereas down on the other side, they made the call to bring in Laverty at the end of last season. And they're they're nearly like a season ahead of Donegal in terms of their transition. So it can, it can turn around quickly. But for Donegal... That was a team going down, and for down, it was a team. <laughs> for down, it was a team coming up. Uh, it was just two teams mm-hmm. going different directions yesterday, and it was really, really clear by the end of that game. And poor Kessler,
1: yeah, James, how do you see Armada going?
2: Well, it'd be interesting to see what they do with with Reen O'Neill because if they're going to have to pick off shots, if Armada are going to have to pick off shots from from maybe a bit deeper and maybe not go into the full forward line as often, he's the perfect foil to have out there. You know, dictating play, taking some long-range shots. So it'll be very interesting to see what they do there. Um, can Turba keep up his form? You know, he, I say his kid, eight, seven, even if he, if he just goes with six, it'd be, be a <laughs> serious how in the
0: How good was <laughs> um, he? he at the weekend? He was really good. He was, he was very was good. Faulkner was picking him up as well, who was like a big leader for, for Calvin. But he, there was just loads of space and there was another thing you saying the division 3 the gap the intensity Cavan wanted to try and get bodies back but our man were just moving it so quickly and that's the, if you're on the full forward line, Jimmy we've played there they're getting quick ball the opposition the opposition can't get back and there were so many times our man were looking for a long kick pass and Turbot was getting the ball in space and like I said the, the partnership he had with Mernon he's he's really sharp you can just see he's
1: confident as well now but but Cavan you don't think you'll get that space though this weekend, James? I, I don't
0: think you will. I, I think Cavan did not be able uh, well. Whereas I think Laverty will have down space. Would be a far more of a premium this weekend. But I had a sharpness and our were playing to his strengths. That that was why it was another positive performance for him.
2: Yeah, he's very good at kind of working, working the space to to pull the trigger. Like that's a massive skill to be able to work your feet and get the shot off. But it's interesting. Say if you're if you're defending a team that are that are going kind of long, you have two options. You can either Get in the kicker's face, who's delivering the ball, and get in their eye line and stop them picking the pass. Or you can do the low block, as they call it in soccer, and have everyone kind of back around the full forward line or the full back line. So I I think I think that Down will probably leave Armagh have the ball yeah. in a lot of space out the field, and just put the bodies back in in the in the okay. full back line. So I think the the shots the shots from around maybe 40, 45 yards are going to be on for them. For MS, so that could be the winning of the game if they get their kickers out there instead. Yeah, we're going to go quickly
1: through the other games here. Uh, we get stuck into them, reviewing them next Monday on the football pod. Derry Monaghan in the other semi-final feels like we're sleeping on this a little bit because it's so tight from the Armagh down performances at the what,
0: weekend. Where, what challenge that on at the weekend? Diego. Uh, oh, all right. I actually don't know. I'm asking you. No, no, no. I do think you're correct. I do think it's on Diego. Are you? Go. Are you at it? I, mean, I will be. Yep. Okay, good stuff. I thought you were doing the Lancer semifinals. There on Sunday. I'm working doing, my doing, oh, balls off this weekend. Oh, Maddie man. but every match. Every match. <laughs> like Marty Morrissey. Showbiz.
1: <laughs> I'll be outside. Oh, I'm looking forward to this one. I have to say. Yeah, we'll have to. Uh, give me give me a minute on this because we're tight on time. I think I think they're going to win it. I think it was an incredible
0: turnaround from Monaghan against Throne but I would have Derry ahead of the pecking order than this manahan team. Um, again, I <laughs> can't wait to see what McManus does against the really set defence. Can he keep going back to the well and doing it? Jack McCarron will be under... He'll have been really disappointed with his performance the last day to come off, off the pitch. He, he lost his battle with, with, with Part of he, he has. He'll have... Something to prove, a point to prove for Manheim. But there are going to be so, so well organised. We say this about them all the time. They'll be going on for this Ulster Championship to go back to back again. Um, I, I just think, I think they're a better team than Monaghan even with Monaghan's unbelievable turnaround. The match, of the champ- match of the season so far against Throne. Um, I fancy Derry in this one at the weekend.
2: Be interesting to see. Um... Chrissy McCaig on McManus, want to. it? Yeah. didn't yeah. look. He didn't, he obviously has had his his um his injury problems. He didn't look his sharpest against Fermanagh. He got he got taken for a couple of chances, even a, a goal mm. chance a couple of points. So that'll be interesting. McManus will fancy his chances in that battle, but that'll probably be the defining stat. Whoever wins that battle. And if Derry cannot foul and leave McManus, kick Mon through the game. I think the Derry should have enough. They'll control the game. They won't. We know what they're going to do. They're not going to break fast. They're going to slow the pace down, attack slowly. (laughs) Um, It'd be an interesting game, but it's hard to call it. I mean, Monaghan will have high hopes. They'll have a serious, renewed vigour about them. I'm kind of falling with you, Paddy. I think that Derry just just seemed to have a monopoly in Ulster Ulster at the moment where they know how to pick teams apart. It'll be interesting, but I fancy Derry.
1: I'm starting to yeah, flashbacks on it early on. I'm afraid that I said the Monaghan were already third seeds earlier on. Apologies if I said that. you oh, actually really A few people after I you that threw that down under May- the
0: bus as well. Down did. under
1: the bus. I've been backing down. For you did. You a few had
0: Armagh and his seeds as well, as if they were going
1: to win at the weekend as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. I was saying that. that you can you, edit it later. They're later on. There are the, the power possibilities. Power <laughs> I'm not. Out, I'm not editing anything. There are the possibilities that can happen this week. So um, the confirmed third seeds are Mayo, Roscommon, and Tyrone, and one of Armagh and Monaghan are probably what we're going to see in the third seeds. It's it's decided by league placements. Monin last year, Derry had an explosive first half, got two goals, scored three overall. Monin kicked 17 points against Derry. Monin pulled it back to three points at one stage last year in the second half. They started very slowly. Are we writing Monin off a bit too quickly? I'm not not writing them off. You're asking who do you think's gonna win the game? It's gotta be
0: a really, really close game. Mm. I think expect big games from Ethan Darty and McGuigan up front. I think Monin will find it harder for scores um, against that set defense. I agree. I think McKay would pick up McManus. Like, if you look at Monaghan, they finished the game unbelievably well, obviously, kind of fairy tale, fairy tale stuff to yeah. win against Tyrone. For 40 minutes of that game, Tyrone were absolutely annihilating them. You know, and, and that's where Thrones there's in ill discipline to, to keep Monaghan in the game, hanging in there. But McMahon is kicking freeze. You would think Derry and how they're coached and how they're so minute on these details that they won't fall into that trap again. And that's why I think I'm not writing them off, Monaghan, yes. I do think it will okay. be close, but I think Derry will will. I think there's just too much for this in this game. That's be, that's
1: that's fair. Okay, it'll be tight though. It'll be a classic. You'll have to tune in. We have a minute. Are we calling the Dublin Loud Leinster final? Is it going to be that straightforward on Sunday in Crow Park?
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think loud Dublin would give Kildare a good impressive. tipping. I can't see Kildare coming within 10 of Dublin. Okay. Ten. I think that yeah. I was ho- I was actually hoping that Kildare would put down a marker against Wicklow and really put him to the sword. But there was there was only a couple of points in that game for a lot of the second half. Mm-hmm. There was, yeah. Until um until Wugget got the goal. And Loud I think that Leod, yeah, Leod, look, their conditioning looks brilliant. They have a bit of confidence. Great, great result in Division Two, up to up to third. I think that there'll be strong favourites against Offaly
0: I think Offaly will, I think Offaly will struggle to break down that really tight set defence that Leod have, and I think their condition will probably get them over the line as well. Brilliant win for Offaly to get over Mead but Leod will talk about a team really well organised. Everyone knows what they're doing. They're confident. Mead were the exact opposite of that so we, as good as a win as it was yesterday for, for Offaly I I don't think they're going to have enough to break down this loud team on Sunday in Crow
1: Park we definitely didn't give Offaly the credit they deserved a little earlier on so apologies to all Offaly people that I am from Mead and that we, we kind of focus on, on that one so we'll, uh, we'll <laughs> leave that at that lads great to chat this week we had 10 games to get through it was hectic there's four next weekend there's also 320 finals Sligo won the Connacht Championship last weekend A brilliant win. what against, a speech Unbelievable. Ah, I loved it. Bet all the big dogs and now weirdly, we're here to get
0: that young man on. get that young man to Killarney. Uh, I enjoyed that speech I
1: have to say. A, Canis. A little chuck. Yeah. I, made, I made a mistake in my tweet. I, man, I called yeah. him Candice but uh, Canis, yeah. Jesus, ah, a bit of respect here. Munster under 20 final tonight. James is flying off to a Cork against Kerry. Leinster under 20 final on Tuesday night. Killarney against Dublin. Yeah. All twenty final Wednesday night. Derry against Down. Keep an eye out on the football pod feed for a very special interview that will be dropping later this week. We're actually going off to, to record it now, so we're going to go. James and Paddy really enjoyed chatting to you again this week. We'll be back next Monday with the football pod. Cheers, manager, so sure. as always. Thanks, everybody at home. And final reminder: about fifteen tickets left for the football pod live in Clarny in the Great Southern Hotel on Thursday, May the fourth. Go get them before they're gone. Talk soon.